Hi, this is the 100 Londoners You Need to Meet podcast, and I'm your host, Louisa Starling. I wear many hats, which is ideal for the weather in London. I'm a journalist, tour guide, content writer, photographer, videographer, restaurant manager, English teacher, and now a podcast maker, I guess. I'm a big believer in Emily Wapnick's multipotentiality concept. And what is this, you might ask? Um, a multipotentialite is someone who follows many creative pursuits, someone to whom just one true calling won't do. I came across this term while watching her TED talk and it resonated with me. I have never been able to buckle down with just one job. So I sail through my many passions every day and the glue that holds them together is communication and people. So here I am, communicating with you. At the moment, I live in London, and while there are millions of people living in this amazing city, it can also feel like a very lonely one. And that is the barrier I want to break. Introducing you to a hundred incredible Londoners, their stories and the multitude of jobs, parts, and things they do to inspire you to take action, to start living your dreams, or who knows, to build the bridges that can take you to collaborate, to create something. I also want to see where this challenge will take me as every time I interview someone, they'll suggest someone awesome that they know, that they think I should meet, and subsequently, so should you. My hope is that this will create a chain of connections that will bring us all closer to each other. Okay. I'll stop with the introduction now, so just grab a cup of tea or put on those running shoes and let's meet someone new right now. And hi everyone! Today's 100 Londoners you need to meet is a little bit different because I traveled from Portugal um, during the Christmas break and my friend Saida, who's a Londoner I really need you to meet, uh, was doing her break in Spain and we decided since it's mandatory to do a 10-day self-isolation, why don't we isolate together and we keep each other company and we just uh, make it less hard to be away from everyone that we love and during the midst of this pandemic. So here we are. So we're not doing our talk through Zoom as we have been doing. Uh, we're doing it from the comfort of my home and my sofa and blankets <laughs> on. So... Hi everyone, uh, I am very, very excited for this interview. Saida is someone I met, and people have to know this because yeah, sure. it's part of us and our story. I met Saida, what, about three years ago, I would say? Yeah. Three years ago. Um, uh, as you know, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. I worked as a waitress, as a side gig until now since i've been in london i've worked as a waitress as a side gig for um agencies and when the garden parties at buckingham palace were about to happen we both ended up being waitresses at buckingham palace darling oh, 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 darling <laughs> and such a nono darling yeah exactly darling and so in the queues um just waiting to get in and go through uh everything that you have to go through to work at Buckingham Palace uh friendship was born and she asked me so what do you do for a living because you know maybe working at the garden parties is not your life dream right mm -hmm. uh, and I said well I'm a photographer what do you do and she said well I am a dancer and it was just love for life and we have known each other for three years and our friendship has grown um 
I have her as one of my best friends in London, as well as her flatmates with whom I became super, super close. <laughs> and yeah, we're a little family. So she is part of my little family in London. And I want everyone to get to know her better. So Saida, the introduction has been long. I'm going to pass it on to you and do tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, how long you've been in London and where you are at the moment. Why? My name is Saida, as you pronounce it in English. I would pronounce it Saida in Spanish because I'm from Spain and we have those weird phonemas. I am a Spanish dancer, belly dancer, and I have, uh, I've been in London for six years already. So I used to work back in Spain. I used to work full time as a dance teacher and a Pilates and body awareness teacher. But when I moved to London, I started, like, of course, my sidekick thing started growing and I started waitressing at work at the V&A Museum in the kitchen as a waiter. I've worked uh, at the Science Museum. I've done all sorts of side jobs to carry on with my passion, which is dance teaching, basically, to allow myself to carry on with that while, while I was building up my customer base so to speak, in in London, because nobody knew me here. So right now, well, after six years, I managed to work with um, domestic violence survivors, teaching them dance, uh, which was amazing for three years, and also refugees and this kind of collectives. Uh, but that project finished with the pandemic, with the pandemic. Wow. And now I am figuring out what to do with my life. I'm gonna tell you later, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just getting, I'm starting to get involved in a, in a project, uh, in a cooperative project uh, to change a little bit the dynamics of, the, of money. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and one thing that always fascinates me is how during the whole pandemic and how everyone pretty much lost their livelihood, I mean, Weddings for me were my life for the past seven, eight years, and suddenly I found myself with zero work, not knowing how to pay rent, and eventually I got this job at a restaurant that I wasn't expecting. One mm-hmm. thing that fascinated that fascinates me about you is this all happened and you've never stopped. You have been um, building your social media, you have been teaching lessons online. I mean, tomorrow we're gonna bring all the furniture to the side in my living room because you have a a, a class. Actually, today you have a class later, today don't I you? Have a private <laughs> class, and tomorrow I have a group one. Yeah. So, yeah. and then the fact is that this is not just about dance. When people reach you to learn how to dance, there are so many other things they come out of the class with, and I would say they love themselves more and I would say they are aware of their bodies where did this passion come from why why don't you just teach dance and then be done with your day um because it's part of me to be uh, to be connected also with my body and that that body awareness bit of me like by body awareness I mean what do you feel when you move your body what do you feel when you dance not only on an emotional level which is also really important but also on um on a physical level how do you move your joints what are you feeling when you do this and how can you express your emotions through your body uh like what can you unlock uh through through movement why are we so disconnected from our bodies which 
It's so weird because we are our bodies. We are we are not. We we don't have a body. We just don't exist. Or well, some people would argue this. Some people would say we have the soul that travels wherever. But yeah, so um, I know I'm going a little bit away. No, like, please. That's, away, that's exactly. Yeah, please get so, carried away. So that's it. That's the that's the uh, approach I always uh, give in my classes. I am a hardcore feminist as well and as belly dance as anything that women's do is uh looked like over there like what is that that and maybe sexualized as well right yeah but everything is sexualized and everything it doesn't matter i'm sure someone is gonna sexualize us here in the sofa having a chat with it <laughs> sharing the same blanket <laughs> like ooh, we are sharing the same blanket like, <laughs> you know it's like everything is sexualized it doesn't matter so um, yeah, I, I just don't like that bit of it. Of course, everything can be sexual and I don't have anything against that, but not by default. Like, mate, can we just change the approach? And it's sexualized by men and by women. So when women approach me to learn, they, they some of them, not all of them, fortunately, but some of them are looking for this sexual part of them and they only are, they are only looking for that so they are kind of focused on i want to be sexier which i don't have anything against and i'm gonna teach you how to be sexier but on the way you're gonna learn so many other things that you're gonna be like wow so i can value myself also for this 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 and that not only because of my sex appeal or my sexuality you know so that's one of my approach uh, approaches and yeah body acceptance as your body as it is which is one of my personal fights as well since I was little because I was Why? bullied because I was bullied when for a long time at school because I was uh, I had a non-normative body which uh, people would call fat because I'm on the on that side of the spectrum uh, I'm super fit but I don't know, like, I'm fitter than most thin people that I know. I've seen you but, do yoga here every morning. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you have this classification. We love to put labels to others. So, yeah, I suffer a lot. Uh, that stopped me, prevent me prevent, prevented me to, from doing many things that I wanted to do. And, and now I'm doing them. Fuck it. Can I swear? Here? Of course you can. Okay. <laughs> You're the second person who asks me that. Yeah. Yes, you can. You I don't can. know, English, English. So, <laughs> so yeah, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. I'm doing what I want. I've been doing it for 20 years already. The first years were a little bit, I would say the first four or five years were a little bit difficult. Then I lost a lot of weight for a while and I noticed straight away how people would accept me more and would love me more and would approach me more and they wanted me more in the dance companies, as a dance teacher, as a performer here and there. And that was eye-opening, like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? Why fat people or whatever society considers fat is not having these opportunities and these chances and this social acceptance and this love at the end of the day, because that's mm -hmm. what we are looking for, acceptance and love. And if my social relationship, it's all very intricated, but yeah, that was part of my experience. So now I run classes from a very open body acceptance perspective. 
I know this is a big trigger for many people, mm-hmm. especially for women. And, and I just think that we have to change that. And the change is slow, but it's... Yeah, yeah, it's there. absolutely. I, I, from my personal experience, I've been self-isolating with you for five days now. And you always have this power in me that I don't even know if you recognize it. But, uh, for example, for me, growing up, I, I was always bullied for my skin. It's one thing that I carry with me my entire life. I have acne, never stopped having acne. And so for me, it's mandatory that every day before I get out of the house, even if it's for shopping, I put a little bit of makeup on because I can't conceive seeing the world or the world seeing me without makeup. And I notice how it changes how I am outside. You know, like I feel more confident. I feel, and even what you were saying, I feel more accepted. And you are actually more accepted. Yeah. It's not that you feel that way. You are, you are, exactly. And over the past few days, I've been recording these interviews because I am launching them from somewhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's been so freeing to do them in my pajamas and with no makeup on. And, and I'm just sensing and feeling how different it is and how I can still be me or even more powerful if I allow myself to be whole. And congratulations. <laughs> well done. I know I still That's have a long way. way to go, but ever since I've known you, you've you've always inspired that in me. You've always inspired that in me. I remember uh us going to a party and you wearing this beautiful red dress and you said, I'm not wearing a bra today, and that's a political stand. And I was like, Wow, this woman is amazing. This woman I is suffer. Amazing. I do that, but I suffer. It's like, oh, I want to wear my bra. But- Fuck it, no, I'm not gonna worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, so with your classes, when did you notice that you were not just teaching and passing on a message? Was Ooh. it, what, did that always happen? Or was there a point where unexpectedly you noticed, wow, I am advocating for this? There was not a point. It's been very progressive. It's been very, very progressive. I reckon... When, when students started approach, approaching me back in Spain and telling me how important the dance classes were for them in many different fields, in many different aspects of their life, I started to realize that dance had the power and the potential to touch people in, in, in ways that I was not aware at that time. I was just teaching the technique, mm-hmm. the relationship with the music and like very technical stuff. But then I was like, wow, so this is how you feel when you dance. But also through, so this was connecting the dots because my own personal experience through dance is actually that, like I have been transforming myself inside thanks to dance and, and through dance and using dance for everything as an, as an alchemy instrument to, you know, I've, and that's it. Art transforms emotions and transforms experiences. And dance is one, one form of art. And it's a special one, more than the rest. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you involve your own body, which is yourself. Which in other arts, I mean, singing, painting, you are always involving your body in, in different ways. Your body is always there in some ways, of course. You are producing that. Mm-hmm musicians and stuff but dancing is your whole body 
So you cannot lie with that. Is it possible for you to buy dancing? To get in the zone. Yesterday we watched Soul, uh, the, the the newest Disney film, and we saw people getting into the zone when they have when they're going through something they're very passionate about. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for someone to get into the zone with dancing if they don't fully love themselves? Absolutely, absolutely. You just have to allow yourself to get there. It's it's a learning process, though. Not everyone can do it like that. Some people is easily in the zone some people is not some people need drugs some people don't <laughs> so yeah absolutely it's possible and it happens very often and um, yeah if you want to do it i would suggest you to um, uh, just as a as a practical tool choose one movement that it feels that feels nice for you anything like doing this with your hand I'm just waving my hand up and down for whoever is listening and not seeing us. Up and down, up and down, up and down, and get into, like, focus on that movement, get into, like, it's kind of a mindful exercise, mindfulness exercise. That's getting into the zone, isn't it? Some, some people get there through music, some people get there writing, some people mm -hmm. get there meditating. And, and um, how long does it take for you to see the change in your students? It depends. It really depends on the students and how open they are to mm -hmm. that change and what personality traits they've got. It really depends. I would say people who is open to it in a couple of classes, you can see them like more motivated, more like loose, they're used, more free. You start seeing differences. Yeah. And there is definitely a connection in between the mindset of a person and, and the way that person moves. So I can see that, I would say, in the first class, some people in the first class just start losing them and, and just allowing themselves to move, to move freely. And some people take six, seven months, one year, it doesn't matter. Some people dance for their whole lives and, and they never change that mindset. But they dance for different reasons. And you were teaching before the pandemic exploded and everything happened. How, how has it been? Not just in a practical reason of, you know, classes getting less and less, but also has that affected your mental health as well? Because I know it surely affected mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and the first thing I felt was, wow, I am not essential. And if the world collapses, I'm the first thing to go um, work-wise. So tell me about your experience. I think art is essential in every way. Uh, and... and and that's what you just said is not fully true mm -hmm. I understand what you mean about not making money out of it because mm -hmm. people prioritize but art is there and it's essential and there are lots Absolutely. of photographers documenting uh, everything that is going around right now mm -hmm. for free of course they are not getting money out of that but it's happening so as art is essential movement is essential movement, movement is, is part of, of human nature and and yeah, it affected my mental health big time, this pandemic thing, because being a dance teacher is part of my identity. Teaching dance is the thing that I love most. It's, it makes me happy as fuck. Like, I just go to a class, I can be feeling whatever, but I finish the class and I am all over the sky. Woohoo! It's, it's incredible that the transformational power, power that's got in me and also the 
human contact with my students, the face-to-face factor is really, really important. So first, I had to accept the whole situation as everyone else. I'm not going to explain you anything new about this, like, oh my God, what's going on around here? What am I going to do now? Second, I have to uh, find out a way to teach online. Third, I have to adapt my classes to the online environment because it's totally different. You have delays in the music, delays in the movement, so people cannot follow you in the same way. You have to explain some things in a different way for people to understand them. It's not as spontaneous as the live face-to-face classes are. And there is one thing that I... So, at the same time, it affected my mental health a lot to have to teach online. At the same time, at the same time, I'm really grateful to having, for having that opportunity to to be able to carry on with my classes, because it kept me sane. Mm-hmm. It's like at least I can do this every week. It's part of me is still there and it's still working. And yeah, the online thing has got a thing that I noticed at the beginning, early on in April, I would say, on my first classes is that you are fully on the class with your computer there, your screen, seeing little people dancing in your little screen and and doing what you tell them to do. But then you finish the class, you close the computer and you are back in your space or whatever space you are teaching from. I'm so lucky I have a dance studio at home, so I'm teaching from there. Um, But like that... No transition, no rituals, no nothing. You don't get changed with your students. You mm-hmm. don't have that conversation of how has your banter, been. yeah. And that's I realize about the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, connections, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Connections—they are everything. But you have been doing really well in terms of maintaining connections. If anyone has been following you on the social media you have been really active and doing really well with your social media you have been interviewing people uh on your insta stories and you have been doing also a lot of work in what comes to fat phobia and people making you terrible comments and you're responding to them online and Mm -hmm. you are just an inspiration to so many and so many levels because even people who don't totally relate they they have other things that they are going through with their own bodies and that they can adapt your conversation. What motivated you to do that? And what did you do exactly? What motivated me? An emotion of anger. Like, I'm sick of this, man. Stop shaming me. Can you please stop? (laughs) That's the main motivation. That emotion is so strong. Like, stop. No more. Se acabo. (laughs) Sorry for the Spanish bit there. But yeah, that's my motivation. And w- the other question was like, uh, I got lost, sorry. So I was saying that you were k- keeping the communication. Yeah, the why communication. Did you why, why did you interview the people you interviewed? Who were they? Because suddenly I didn't have anything else to do. I, I just cut my connections. So I was like, why not showing these connections to others? I've been years and years developing uh, my online presence. And that's part of it like being present it's just being there and the people i choose to interview <clears throat> and and they accept it it's all people that i like and more interviews are coming up it's people that i like and and i learned a lot from them as you were saying at the beginning of this conversation that you were inspired by me so i feel that with many other people that's why i started like for example i interviewed a spanish woman um my 
she lost 52 kilos just by um, eating healthily and doing exercise. She wrote a book, a book about her experience and she's an advocate of body positivity because she had a, a problem with the, how you call like in generic, uh, bulimia, anorexia and this like... Mm. Uh, food, uh, what's the name in English? Uh, oh my God, two people. Anorexia. It doesn't matter. It's this uh, kind of like problems with food yes. and you know, like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're missing the word yeah, in English. <laughs> Portuguese, and, Spanish, yeah. we're doing this in English, pat on our backs, we're doing really well, we're bilingual. So yes, that's the, I, I interviewed her and she shared a really hard um, break experience when she was 12 years old, she was going to a dance class and her, dad teach, her, her dance teacher told her not to dance in the final of the year performance because she was fat and that conditioned her wow. not to dance in her own life not to dance again in her own life. So that person, thanks to fat phobia, thanks to stupid, stupid social norms and rules, is missing out on the power of dance. And, it's a per- and she's in love with music, and she's in love with move- movement, because she's fit as fuck. Like she climbs, <laughs> she runs, she's super fit. She loves movement, she loves exercise. She loves music. She's a sensitive human being. And he's missing out dance. How come? Just wow. because of one comment. Wow. Sometimes it's all it takes, isn't it? One comment can change a perspective of a moment or, or a memory for the rest of your life. And you get triggered by it every time. So that's why I'm making comments on the other direction. Because one comment can be powerful as well. That's beautiful. Well done. Apart from dancing, you also live in a cooperative and that has led you to many other projects as well as, you know, the biggest, ri- biggest richness that we can have, which is human connections. Tell me a little bit about you coming into the cooperative, you getting the dance studio and also now participating in other things. Well, the cooperative living is a complicated matter. I, there are no many cooperatives, but there are housing cooperatives out there and they are all amazing with different rules. I would encourage everyone before I start explaining my own, my own yeah. experience to search and to, to get involved into housing cooperatives or any kind of cooperatives because I really believe it's the future of this planet. Mm-hmm. Just to get organized, uh, capitalism is... is dying I le- I'll leave it there yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it there because <laughs> I don't want to get too intense but <laughs> so yeah um, living in a housing cooperative from my personal experience has brought me the benefit of the community which is uh, sharing everything with my with my neighbors on a very deep level. It's not that you go and knock at your neighbor's door to ask for some salt. It's a deep level. It's that you you become friends with your neighbors. You look after each other, and you have a lot of uh, you have like a common pot of money, which becomes bigger and bigger and bigger because there's a lot of a lot of people putting money in there, and instead of needing, uh, let's say that needing individually to uh how would i say how would i put this how can i how can i how can i build a dance studio in my living room how could i do that i have to save 10k or 5k or 3k doesn't matter whatever 1k i have to save that money 
and individually I have to go and, and get the resources and then get it done. While living in a cooperative, what can you do? You can ask for the cooperative to pay that for everyone to use, or at least for the house where you live, that's my case, and, and then everyone can use that. And it's a common money, and it's a common mutual benefit, and it's an individual benefit as well. I'm individually benefiting from that. Anyone and everyone at the same time can come from the cooperative, of course, of course can come and use the studio Beautiful. when they need. What other uses have you had for it? Parties. Yeah. <laughs> not now, <laughs> not but the, yes. Not now, but yes, we, we have had parties. Uh, we yoga? Have, we have a yoga morning morning yoga group. We nice. do when it's cold. Not now because it's not allowed. But when it's cold outside, we go to the to the. Well, it's known as the yoga studio <laughs> along the street. Um, but it's not only that. It's also the gardens. I mean, I'm focusing everything on that dance yeah, studio. But yeah. we have an amazing garden with ponds, decoration. We have a, a bike shed which is amazing, built for everyone by everyone. So um, there's a big benefit on living in a cooperative. And for me, the most important one on an individual level is, is mental health, is having your friends, living with your friends, knowing that if anything happens, you're going to be supported one way or another. You have a whole community. The security probably. Getting, everyone yeah. has got your back. Yeah. So this loneliness problem that there is around London is not that common there. That's mental health yeah. wise for, from an individual point of view. From a um, societal point of view, I think it is a big, a big benefit and you save resources in general because you share them. So it's good for the planet, it's good for so many things, for so many things. It encourages communication between humans. It's, it's so, I don't know, it's difficult to explain if you are not in there. And of course there are conflicts. But you develop well, like your, everything. You develop your resilience. You develop your tolerance. You develop your your assertiveness. Yeah, if that's assertiveness. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you have jobs that you represent while while with your community besides you know being a dance teacher besides teaching as well from your dance studio? <laughs> everything. Do you have other hats that you yeah, wear that people would have no idea? I'm not waitressing anymore, but I've been waitressing for a long time. And uh, right now, thanks to this community, I got involved in a project uh, called We Guild. Ooh, I'm uh, so excited about this! It's going to change the world. And yeah, We Guild is, uh, I'm not going to get much into that because it's really complicated and we have the website and many other resources to inform about this, but it's a project. It's a, it's a mutual aid platform when, where everyone can chip in for each other based on trust and based on transparency. So I leave it there. Let's say you need money. You ask for your friends. You're, you are a freelancer. You are a photographer. I am. You are editing some photos. Then you drop your coffee on top of your computer. My cats probably did that. Whatever. Yes. And, you have, <laughs> and you have next month you know, like next week you have a deadline and you have to give some photos to your customers and you don't have a computer and you don't have one thousand you don't yeah. have one thousand pounds in your bank account. So you raise your hand in our platform and say, Hey guys, I need one thousand pounds to buy a new computer like now and that money, that request is divided um in in different percentages in between your close friends and your friends' friends. 
so everyone can chip in so you can buy your computer like this and yeah that's the that's a big game changer and it's whole network that's a big game changer you don't need banks anymore if this goes through yeah and it, <laughs> if people really trust it trust it trust, blah, 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 trust each other and yeah. really if people really get really get involved in that let's see let's see we are putting the seed there yeah that's amazing yes, we are planting the seed that's amazing i need to learn more about this mm -hmm. and my love we're gonna go for some quick questions you ready for it yeah i would love to know your favorite word i was thinking about this actually <laughs> but i have so many favorite words i have i love sounds okay i love the sound of the word murmullo which is murmur in english maybe mm -hmm. or it's kind of whisper i also like the meaning Oh. Like, and, did, and did you know, curiously, that a murmuration is a flock of starlings? No, it I is. <laughs> I love that one, but I also love the word freedom mm -hmm. because of the meaning. And it depends on the day. Some words give me goosebumps. Some others don't. That changes. I understand. I love the sound of the sound of murmullo. That's beautiful. That's very beautiful. What about a book? Do you have a favorite book? Momo by Michael Ende. No question about that yet. I'll take a note. A uh, series you have just binge watched or are watching. Mm -hmm. I know you are not very into TV. You're more into music. If you want to instead. The Handsmaid us... Tale is a TV series oh, that, I, that I binge watch uh, like three months ago or four months ago. Yeah. It's painful to watch, isn't it? It's really painful. It's really realistic. Mm -hmm. absolutely mm. a cause a cause a cause you care for feminism same girl mm -hmm. same three pillars in your life as values you mean yeah freedom honesty and love beautiful life is life is a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Life is a bitch, but starting over is starting over is breathing in, breathing out. Love it. Breathing in, breathing out. Where can people find you, my love? Dancepandemic.com. Didn't it just like that? Wasn't it crazy? Like finally people could understand what you meant with having your website called Dance Pandemic when because I, you wanted it to reach everyone. That's exactly my point. Right? Yeah. I founded this website. So I've been teaching for more than 20 years. Let me just quickly explain this. More than 20 years teaching dance. And in 2016, only in 2016, I always uh, market myself with my name, Saida Palma. But in 2016, I was like, no, I need something that motivates me. Okay, Dance Pandemic. Why? Because I want to, I want a pandemia of dance, a pandemic of dance in the world. So I was checking because this pandemic word might have a negative connotation. So I was checking with the English speakers I have around, native ones, asking them like, what does this mean for you? They wouldn't understand. They don't know. They just don't know the meaning of it. So now, hello, hello we have we a have, guest. Of course, Crisol <laughs> comes into every, every podcast recording okay continue so yeah they didn't know what pandemic was so i was like okay fine i'll just put it there doesn't matter and and then the, the covid pandemic came into the stage and everyone knows what a pandemic is now some people think i am a, a 
opportunistic with this name, but the truth is that I started over in 2016, back in, in 2016. So yeah, they can find me in dancepandemic.com. They can go with my name as well, Taida Palma. And social media, how's your Instagram, for example? Uh, Saidance with an H, except A-H-I-D for Delta A. A-N-C-E. <laughs> Sorry, English is not Sahi Dance. Sahi Dance, yeah. And, and you also have a YouTube channel that has been growing exponentially, right? Dance Pandemic, yeah. Exactly. I have 50k subscribers at the moment. Amazing, amazing. I have so much to learn from you on marketing. And for people to book classes online with you, is that possible? How do they do that? Yeah, you can just go to Dance Pandemic and they will find everything there. Everything there. So currently... While we record this, I'm teaching one, two classes a week, uh, group classes a week, but I'm open to teach also private classes or workshops or whatever. Beautiful. Feel free to contact me, folks, for beautiful. some dance. Beautiful. <laughs> and because I want to create a beautiful chain of connections, I need to know who do you think is a Londoner I should meet? Uh, you definitely should meet. Guillermo Justel, that's okay. the Spanish pronunciation of his name. <laughs> he is a handstand uh, balance teacher, amazing person, and he is the co-founder, I don't know if he's going to hate me for saying this, but he is the creator of the project We Guild, in, in which I am a co-founder and I'm working on so, this project we talk about. Amazing. Yeah. So I'll get to know him. I'll get to know all that he's done and I'll get to know what took him to create We Guild and then we'll learn so much more about it and mm -hmm. the benefits of it and the dream behind it. So Yes. Yes. I'm Let's very happy about that. I'm very happy about that. And I'm very happy that I have you as my self-isolation companion. Um, <laughs> I did the first lockdown entirely on my own. And wow, is this a different experience. Wow, is there so much love between us and friendship and just comfort. And I love mm. having you here. So thank, thank you. you for having me here. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for looking after my cats while I'm away. So everyone, this is it. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. And me and Saida are going to make some tea now. Yes. Yay. Let's have some tea, darling. Let's have some tea, darling. Ooh, darling. Mwah. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was it for today on 100 Londoners You Need to Meet. If you know someone who's incredible, who does something for others, or who pivoted their life around during the pandemic, or who is just the most wonderful human being you know, do not hesitate to email me on 100londoners at gmail.com. I am your host, Louisa Starling, and also for now the producer of this tiny podcast. Tobel Lopes is my friend who made the original soundtrack, and... You know, doing this just keeps my heart warm and helps me still believe in the good that there is in human beings. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.